One of the, the things that excites me as we go forward as a church is really the people that God has been bringing in, the people that have been here as well, and, and just this coming together of, of effectively a new community and, and where God is taking us as a new community. And, and it's, it's an exciting period in the life of the church. Not easy. Uh, I, uh, I said uh, just at the end of COVID, I said it'll take 12 months for us to know where we are in terms of what has happened to us through COVID. And, um, and we're kind of coming to the end of that period. It feels longer, but it's only been a year uh, where, where we're just kind of getting a sense of where is the church now? What, what is the church? Where is the church? Um, and, and really, there's going to be a two-year period of, um, I don't know if we call it recovery, but, but just of God doing new things and, and really a rebuilding back of some of the things that have been lost. I, 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 kinda, I never thought I'd say this, but I miss normal church if that makes sense, and that, that as, as leadership, we won't be constantly feeling like we're in a kind of crisis mode, as we've almost been for three years now, operating um, in, in, in that kind of mode. And I want to get out of that mode into the other mode, but it's going to take us a couple of years to get there, just, just with all the things and all the transition and changes and everything that's been brought about. However, the good news is, that God has a future for us as SBC. And uh, I have to say, at the darkest periods of COVID, uh, sitting at home, I, I wasn't sure on that. And, uh, and uh, at some point, I, I was thinking, gosh, what, what's going to be left? What's going to be there? And, uh, and it's brilliant that this morning, uh, we can come together as a community of God's people and just worship. I mean, it was, it, do you remember we couldn't sing without masks on? And, and it wasn't that long ago. And here we are worshiping together. And I was just, just as we were being led, the, the musicians actually were all together last, uh, yesterday. And uh, they've just done a brilliant job. And it's great the way that the worship is in terms of SBC. It's part of that. We've, we've been focusing on our covenant, and normally we do a covenant service at the start of the year, but we decided this year to, to do it slightly differently, to put it later, to talk a wee bit about what covenant means, but also to talk about what membership means. And, and we asked folks to reaffirm their membership as we did that. So, so the idea was so that people could understand the covenant nature of membership. Now, now there's sort of three kind of reactions in terms of this. Um, there, there are those who get the, get the info from the office, and it's like, no problem. <laughs> they just push the button, and that's it. It's all straightforwardly done. And uh, so we get that. Those are, I guess, what you call your early adopters. There is then a second group who are like the people like, why do I have to do this? <laughs> Uh, I know I'm committed. Why don't they know I'm committed? And I'm just not going to sign anything. I'm committed. And uh, I, I would probably be in that category, okay? So I'm not condemning anyone. And, uh, but the, so, so just so you know, if you're in that category, it's okay. We're not going to take anybody off the membership unless they expressly desire to be removed from membership. And then the third group, and, and, and again, there's been a number of people in this group I've said, you know, we want to weigh up what membership means. And that's been the whole exercise and purpose of this exercise, to get people to grapple with what does it mean to be a member of the church? 
And, 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 and we want to get away from this idea of people's names on lists. I know we need databases and we need all that, and uh, we, we do need administration, but, but that's not the essence of what membership is. Believe it or not, before they had computers, they had church membership. And, uh, and, uh, and, and uh, it meant something other than a name on a database. It meant a commitment to God's people and to what God was doing. It was about being part of something, part of a community and part of what God is doing. And, and, and one of the things that I am sure of is that God is at work in our community. And God is doing things in our community. Hello. <laughs> and, um, and, and we're seeing God engaging us in new and distinctive ways. And next weekend is, is about in a celebration of that, in a way of preparation for that. Uh, it's going to start on Friday night with a, a, a prayer meeting. Uh, we've then got the gathering on Saturday and Saturday morning. Come along, we're going to be talking about budgets and some of the big challenges we have over the next couple of years, particularly financially. But come in here. But also we're going to be sharing some of the stories of, of all that God is doing. And then on Sunday, we're going to have our covenant service where we come. And the, the covenant service is going to have a period of repentance. It's going to have a period of affirmation of leadership. It's going to have a, a sharing together again in communion and welcoming of new members. And then we're going to expressly say our covenant together, affirming that we are moving into the future that God has for us. And before we start doing any of that, we're going to start at 9.30 with a prayer meeting, okay? And if we all fit in the prayer room, I'm going to be really disappointed. Because, you know, next week, the service starts 9.30, not 10.30. And uh, we've just been taught, I know people are getting quite excited about Aspen in the United States and some of the things that are happening there. But it begins with prayer, God's people getting serious about prayer. And, uh, and people have been challenging me in relation to this and saying, you know, what are we doing in terms of prayer? And, and so on Sunday mornings, we're actually going to continue after next week, but next week's the big one. Come and be part of a 9.30 prayer meeting where we come together and we pray as a community as we prepare to make covenant. After, in the evening, it's, we're then going to have a baptismal service. And uh, I think we've got three folks being baptized. In fact, in the next six weeks, I think it is, we have eight people being baptized. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> I, I can't actually remember a period where we've done quite so many baptisms in such a short period of time. God is at work in terms of the life of the church. And don't let anybody tell you anything different. God is at work in the life of this church because God is doing something. And, and, uh, and so next week, as we come together, and we're going to be led by the general director of the Baptist Union in this act, we're going to come together as a covenant people and recognize what God is doing. In Nehemiah chapter 9, this is the story, same story that we're reading, where the people have been in exile, they are returning, and, and Nehemiah and Ezra, who was also involved, recognized that God was going to do a new thing amongst the people. And in order for that new thing to be entered into, the people gathered together, 
And they began to pray. They began to fast even. And they began to cry out to God. And then they came together to recognize that God was at work. And, and so the affirmation of covenant was a recognition of God's work and our response to God's work. See, in covenant, we're not starting something. We're not doing something. It's actually about God and what God is doing and our response to what he is doing. Um, sometimes we don't respond because we don't see what God's doing. Maybe, maybe we have our own issues. Maybe we have problems. Maybe we, we're in unbelief. And we can't see what God is doing. And, and so we don't respond to God. And maybe you're there. So next week is an opportunity to come and say, God, open the eyes of my heart and let me see what you are doing so I can respond to your work in the life of this church. Because God is calling us into a new future as he works. And, and Nehemiah 9 is really an affirmation of that work of God in the life and community of God's people. It, it charts out this large prayer at Nehemiah 9 is, is a story of how God works. And uh, in theological terms, we call it salvation history. But essentially, it's about laying out how God has taken us from one place and he is moving us to another place. And the focus is on God, not us. And, and we're invited to focus on God, to focus on his work and who he is. You'll see if you read through chapter 9, it begins with an affirmation of God as creator, that he is Blessed, it says in verse 5, Blessed be your glorious name, and may it be exalted above all blessings and praise. You alone are the Lord. You made the heavens, even the highest heavens, and all their starry hosts, the earth, and all that is in on it, the seas and all that is in them. You give life to everything, and the multitudes of heaven worship you. I believe it was this week uh, they were inviting people to go and look at the stars and count them. And uh, for a survey somebody was doing somewhere. And uh, you were to go in your back garden and stand there for 20 minutes and look at the sky and count how many stars you saw. And um, in Scotland, that probably wasn't many because it was cloudy. But, but we were invited to do that. And here, the, 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 this declaration is made by the people of God that God is the creator. He is the one who holds the universe together. And, and, and again, if you think about this, the universe is pretty big. Uh, I've seen Star Trek, so I know this. And, uh, and, uh, and uh, it's, it's pretty amazing, all the different things that are out there. And, and when you begin to look at the stars, it's pretty phenomenal. And God runs it. And, and what's happening here is the people are being reminded that God, that creator God, the creator God who is running the universe, who holds the stars in place, that creator God is at work in you, creating a new future. You see, creation in this sense is not something that happened in the past so many zillion years ago. It's something that is happening in the present. God is a creator God creating new things in the midst of what is here. And this is the amazing thing. God takes a community of broken, imperfect people 
and he creates a new thing. He builds something brand new. And that's what God does. And he takes the pieces of our lives. He takes the elements of our community and he builds something. Verse 9 through 12 then goes on to show us the next feature of this God. This God chooses Abraham in verse 7. And then we're told that as the people are taken into captivity, God delivers them. God breaks the bounds that hold people. God sets people free. Again, one of the the things, and uh, in fact, I believe uh, Ricky, one of our bass players, is sharing tonight, uh, and we're going to hear his testimony. Coming here, he he actually was on national news uh, being hospitalized through COVID, and uh, he, I won't, I won't, better not tell the story, (laughs) but come tonight and hear how God worked in Ricky's life. And, and really delivered him from the edge of death. You know, but God works, and he works to deliver. He sets free. And, 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 and one of the things that is so exciting, it's one of the aspects of this job I love, is interacting with people and seeing God work in their lives to deliver them from things. Now, it doesn't always go in a straight line. It's not always a Hollywood movie. There are lots of ups and downs and and roundabouts and all sorts of things. But ultimately, we see God working to bring deliverance. And, and, And in this new future that God creates, God will be known as the deliverer. You know, one of the biggest things that was highlighted this week as Nicola Sturgeon resigned was there was a lot of discussion on the, the radio shows and things about what was Nicola's legacy. But one of the things that was talked about quite a lot was how Scotland has the worst drug problem in the whole of Western Europe. It's horrific, absolutely horrific. I mean, uh, if you actually begin to look at the statistics, it's horrific. And, 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 and all you need to do is walk from our church up to the haven, you know, a 200-yard walk, and you will see the consequences of that. And one of the things that's happening in terms of the life of this church is that we are one of the, the agencies that God's using to address some of these issues in the life of our nation. But, you know, the need is massive. But here's the thing. God delivers. Uh, I, I've, some of you may have come across the work of Team Challenge. And Team Challenge worked in uh, drug rehab centers. And their success rate was three times higher than government agencies' success rate in terms of delivering people of drugs. And what was it to do with? It was to do with that God got involved. And, uh, and you'll know if you're in AA or whatever, they talk about a higher power because something out with the individual needs to set them free. So God is the deliverer. Then he, we see him in verse 13 through 15 as the lawgiver, as the one who gives direction and instruction to his people. He tells us the way, um, the way that we are to go. And we, we saw this in terms of the, the, the pillar of fire and the, the cloud that directed the people of God. And, and, and he is the one who brings direction to his people. The problem is sometimes his people mess it up. Sometimes we miss what God is saying to us. 
Sometimes we take a wrong turn. Sometimes we ignore God's instructions. And, um, and, and verse 17 in the, the passage that we went on to read about describes it in these terms. We refuse to listen and we fail to remember the miracles you performed amongst us. We became stiff-necked and in our rebellion appointed a leader in order to return to our slavery. But you are a forgiving God, gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and abounding in love. Therefore, you did not desert them, even when they cast from themselves an image of a calf and said, this is your God who brought you up out of Egypt, or when they committed awful blasphemies. Because of your great compassion, you did not abandon them in the wilderness. You continued to guide them. You know, here's this amazing thing about our God is that even when we get it wrong, God continues to make provision for his people. God continues to work making provision for you and me and, and, and for our future. And, and uh, it, it's, it's wonderful how uh, Nehemiah goes on and describes this because he talks about the Spirit of God at work in the lives of individuals. And, and how the Spirit of God worked in them so that as they walked, their feet didn't even swell. I like that kind of idea. And, uh, and uh, God addressed the most basic things for them. Because God not only created the future for them, but he provided for them as they went into that future by means of his spirit. So next week when we come together as a church community to say the covenant together, we will finish with an affirmation. It reads this like this. We therefore commit ourselves as a gathered community to be the family of God in this place, worshiping the Father, living the life into which Jesus calls us, and sharing all that the Spirit gives to us. I didn't know Neil was going to finish with the idea of the Spirit, but the Spirit is key in terms of that future to which God calls us. Our worship of God as Father the living out of what Jesus is calling us to do, and the sharing of all that the Spirit gives to us. You see, the Spirit of God wants to work amongst us. Some of you will know a few years ago, we set a vision for the church, and we said, sometimes people talk about being an Acts 2 church, but we said we want to be an Acts 1 church. And, uh, and by that we went, we, we were taking Jesus' last instructions, where Jesus said to Wait in Jerusalem until you are far filled by my spirit, and then you will be my witnesses in Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. And, and this promise of the spirit of God being sent, and we, we read it again. You see, the affirmation is, as God acts as creator, as he acts as deliverer, as he acts as lawgiver, as he acts as the provider, the work of God's Spirit happens in the community of God's people. And as that work happens, we witness to the reality of our God. You know, I, I, I want to be a people who witness to that reality. You know, and, and again, you'll hear next week, next two years are not going to be easy years. They're, they're rebuilding years. They're, they're hard years. But you know what? In the midst of it, I think we can witness to the fact that God's Spirit is at work here, that God is doing a new thing, 
that God is working to create a new creation and that this new creation will reflect God's spirit and that spirit will witness to all around that God is truly at work. You know, I want us to be able to say as we come to the end of that period, you know what? At one point we faced COVID, we faced dereliction, we were uncertain of our future. We did not know what the future looked like. But God, through his spirit, has done a new thing. And he has brought us into that place where we witness to the reality of his spirit in that life-transforming power. Next week, as we come to say our covenant together, that's what we're committing ourselves. We're saying we want to be part of that work of the spirit in this community as he leads us into our future. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for the way that you have worked in the past. We thank you for the way that you revealed yourself to the people of Israel. We thank you how you revealed yourself as the creator, as the one who not only created all that there is, but the one who continues to create, who constantly creates new things for your people. I thank you that you revealed yourself as the deliverer, as the one who set the people free from the things that held them, the one who overcame the obstacles that confronted them. Lord, help us to know you as the deliverer. Lord, I thank you that they experienced you as the lawgiver, as the one who guided and directed, the one who set a path before the people for them to walk. Lord, I pray that you will set such a path before us. And Lord, thank you that you were the provider. I thank you that even when the people got it wrong, you didn't abandon them, but you chose to continue to show them your presence, that you continue to make provision from that presence for your people. Lord, I pray that you would continue through your spirit to work in our lives, to work in our church community. And Lord, let us know that provision so that we can witness to your reality in this world as we are truly a spirit-filled witnessing community of your people. Lord, I ask this in your name. Amen.